Jesus chooses his words very carefully, including the words that we have just now heard. These are part of his very famous Sermon on the Mount, which we might call the highlight film of absolutely everything he taught when he walked upon the face of the earth. Jesus is like a coach talking to his players before a big game. And he's really speaking to all of us, his disciples, about the game of life itself, making clear to us what is expected of us on our mission. And what is our mission? It's none other than being other Christs and to imbibe with our lives the presence of the life of Christ himself. And Jesus uses as two very clear images, no matter what the age that we can all relate to, that of salt and light, to convey to what we are to be, to the world around us. The job description of Christianity and our job as Christians is to make Christ and his incarnation, Christ present, here and now. That's the church's job, and that's the job of all of the members of the church. And whenever the church has been around, there's always been like these different heresies. What's a heresy? It's something that's trying to deny who Christ is. One of the heresies that the church has always dealt with are variations of what's called Gnosticism. What's Gnosticism? Gnosticism is always making Jesus always divine. Divine, but less than human. Filled with always just being very spiritual up here. Making Jesus very, very romantic, but not human. What does salt and light have to teach us about the transforming power of God's kingdom and the gospel? Salt and light, salt especially, is very, very earthy. Salt had two functions in the ancient world. It gave flavor and it preserved food. People, of course, didn't have refrigeration back then, and so they would preserve meat by placing a thin layer of salt over it. It was such a valuable commodity back then that people even traded with it, much as we trade valuable goods with silver and gold today. Jesus used the image of salt to describe the transforming effect also, too, of God in our lives and how the Holy Spirit wants to work through us to bring God's presence and God's life to others. As salt purifies and preserves and produces rich flavor for our daily foods, we, too, as disciples of Jesus, are to be salt. For human society. Jesus wants to work in and through us. The rich, rich flavor of God's kingdom everywhere is to bring peace and joy 
into our world. What Jesus mean if he says, if salt has lost its taste, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salt was also used to heat up ovens and make them hotter, intensify the heat. So when the salt was burned off, it was no longer good for anything. You would just take it and throw it in the ground and trample on it, be swept away. Well, how can we lose our saltiness, so to speak? When we let the world or sinfulness corrupt us, it's that simple. We lose our power. And Jesus wants us to preserve our saltiness through virtuous living, through Christian living, not only for our own sake, but for the way that it can truly transform and affect the world around us. Jesus uses also, too, the image of light and lamp to further illustrate God's transforming work in the world around us as well. Light and lamps in the ancient world served a vital function, much as it does in in our lives as well. Though I think we have a tendency to sort of take light for granted until, of course, there's a, a power failure. Before the advent of electricity, darkness was much more of a dramatic reality than it is in our lives today. If you've ever gone camping or, or backpacking and there's no electricity after the sun goes down, um, you know you better get your chores completed before that happens. Although today, of course, with LED flashlights, um, you got a little extra time. You got a lot more energy than you used to a few even years ago. From biblical times, though, light has always been seen as a symbol of the beauty and the presence of God. You see, light spoken of many, many times throughout the scriptures. Psalm 36, in his light, we see light. Psalm 119, his word is a lamp that guides our steps. And all since the beginning of the year, this year, we've been talking about light. On Epiphany, we heard, rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. And as soon as we began ordinary time, a couple weeks ago, we heard, it said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And then last week, we were privileged to celebrate the feast of the presentation of the Lord. We blessed candles. And Simeon said, Now, Lord, you may dismiss your servant, for my eyes have seen your salvation, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles. So we are literally bathed in the light of God through our whole lives so that we can be light to others. And, of course, the truth of the matter is there can also be such a thing as what we call light pollution. And what is that? 
Light pollution, of course, is the artificial light that we ourselves make. The brightening of the night sky with so much light that it inhibits us from seeing the night stars and the planets and the Milky Way and the comets and far-off galaxies. Light pollution is kind of like salt that has gone bad. It prohibits us from seeing the rest of the world that God has put us in. Stay with that image for just a moment. We ourselves can be so absorbed in ourselves thinking that we are the light, the center of attention in the world, that we feel, fail to see the light around ourselves as well, the goodness and the light of Christ in others. Jesus uses the image of light to describe how we as disciples are to live. We are to let the light of Christ shine in our hearts. We are to be bearers of the light so that others may see the truth of the gospel and be freed from the blindness of sin and self-deception. Jesus does not give us the specifics of how to do this. The details today come from the first reading in Isaiah. Isaiah says, Share your bread with the hungry. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked when you see them. Do not turn your back on your own. So being light and being salt does not mean that we have to do anything grand. Maybe just focus on the last thing that Isaiah said today. Do not turn your back on your own. What does it mean? It means the people that live in our own homes, the people we work with, the people who are our classmates. We simply treat them with kindness, compassion, because we are all created in the image and likeness of God. This is the pathway to happiness for us all. As we continue with our celebration of the Eucharist, may we turn to this light that we may continue to reflect it with our lives.